Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we return to our study of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. Our study this week is in regard to one verse, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, which reads, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Please follow along with Pastor Jim as he explains the Christian concept of forgiveness in today's slice of this week's message entitled, Kind, Tender-Hearted, Forgiving. Matthew 18, starting at verse 23. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay, his Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him saying, have patience with (coughs) with me and I will repay you everything. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. Yes, I will define a denarius and a talent. And he seized and began to choke him, saying, Pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell on the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went back and threw him in prison until he should pay back what he was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then, summoning him, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed to him. And the last verse, this is Jesus now commenting on his own parable. My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if, you, if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. All right. This is how citizens of the kingdom of heaven behave. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, they're used interchangeably in the Gospels. Those servants or these servants in this particular parable, are not normal household servants or household slaves of that day. They had to be high government officials because they had great power and they were yet still subject to the authority of the king. But I say they had to be in very high positions because you couldn't run up a debt like that unless you could embezzle from the government. That's what was going on here. A talent... It's not something that you perform on talent night at camp. Um, a talent was a measure of weight. It, it, depending on, on the metal, it would be somewhere between 58 and 80 of our pounds. It is estimated that if this was 10,000 talents of gold, 
that that might be roughly three or four billion dollars today, billion with a B. This was an astronomical debt. Now, one denarius, that was a normal day's wage for a well-trained laborer or for a soldier. One talent, get this, get this connection, one talent was 6,000 denarii. This guy owed about 60 million days of laborers' wages. So I'll, I'll pay it all back. Just give me 60 million days. Well, I might need a little bit to eat or a little bit to have a place to live or take care of my chariot or whatever. This was not your monthly credit card bill. Restitution was impossible. There's a lot of hyperbole here. So, he pleads for mercy once he hears about what his punishment is going to be. To, to that long was, is a way of describing eternal punishment. And the king forgives everything. No repayment, no interest, no penalties, cuts him loose. Then the man goes and encounters someone who owed him. Okay, I remember I, remember I said get the ratios right. This guy owed him one six hundred thousandth of the debt that he had just been forgiven. And he was unwilling to forgive. He takes the poor man to court and has him thrown in debtor's jail. Verse 32, I didn't give you the verse numbers when I read it, but verse 32 is an exclamation of hurt, disbelief. The, in the Greek, there's emphasis on the phrase, all that debt. The Lord says, all that debt, I forgave you because you entreated me. Therefore, wasn't your obligation to have mercy on others as I had mercy on you? How do you recognize somebody that is forgiven? They're forgiving. They desire others to be forgiven as well. As I said, I'll come back to verse 35 because it's not really part of the illustration itself. It's the Lord's comment on it. So you've seen the pattern. You've seen the parable. Now, I'd like you to see at least six principles regarding forgiveness based on Ephesians 4.32 and Matthew 18. All right. The king in the parable obviously represents God. The main character represents one who owes a debt to God. In other words, he's talking about my sin, your sin in relation to God. You don't want to press the details to some silly level here, but This is the pattern to follow if you want to obey the command, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. All right, six principles of forgiveness. Number one, forgiveness is needed. A couple of important things about our standing before God. This illustrates the weight of our sin. Our debt is enormous. We have no means to repay. God is not unjust. As a matter of fact, He would be unjust if He didn't punish us forever for our sin. We have offended God that seriously. He's a perfect, infinite, holy God. Any sin deserves perfect, infinite, eternal punishment. Oh, but what a gracious God He did. He is. This king did nothing improper. 
it's, people love to ask, why would a good God send people to hell? Well, he wouldn't be good if he didn't. He'd be violating his own character. The bigger question is, how could anyone ever get to heaven? It takes a miracle. The slave's only hope for good standing with the king is forgiveness. Your only hope, my only hope for heaven is God's forgiveness. Oh, how desperately we need it. Number two, forgiveness is offered. Notice how the king responded to this guy. He felt compassion. Why, he had good splunkna. He, he, he was moved with compassion. This was totally on the part of the king. No restitution had been made. In this case, restitution wasn't even possible. Why, it would be like God sending His Son to die before you were born to pay for your sins. So He released him. Released the man from the debt, the punishment that He deserved. He forgave the debt. The king absorbed the loss himself. Forgiveness and salvation that God offers is initiated and accomplished totally by God. Why you might say, if you were familiar with Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one could boast. And this forgiveness that is offered includes our release from the punishment that we rightfully deserve. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Hey, you work for me, I promise you a certain wage, you finish the work, you get the wage. Your wage is what you deserve. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this forgiveness that is offered includes the cancellation of the debt because God absorbed it in His own Son. Number three, forgiveness can be rejected. This man hypocritically rejected forgiveness. It had no effect on his life at all. He was not changed by the compassion of the king. I see at least six indications here that that parable pictures a man whom we would say is never saved. Why would I say that? Number one, he owed an enormous debt that pictures our sin before God. Number two, he was bankrupt. He had no means to repay his debt. That's why forgiveness is necessary. Number three, he was really sorry because of the punishment, not because of the sin. Number four, this man was self-righteous. I mean, how how out of touch with reality do you have to be to say, be patient, I'll pay it all back. Just, what, 60 million days of everything I could earn? He was not at all repentant. He was still self-righteous. Number five, he showed that he was unaffected by his pardon, by adding on to his offenses. He was still motivated by greed. Well, I guess the embezzlement flow has dried up now, so I'm going to go over here and see if I can shake down Bob for the 20 bucks he owes me. His actions were totally out of character with a forgiven man. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.